The follow-up is simple. Ask a question, listen to the answer, then follow up. I'm your host, Noah Kozlov. Enjoy. The follow-up today is with Ala Abdelnabi. Spent five years in the NBA, was the 25th pick in the 1990 draft by the Portland Trailblazers after going to three Final Fours at Duke. He's a longtime broadcaster and a longtime friend of mine. He's currently the TV analyst for the Philadelphia 76ers. And now I need to know the best prank in the NBA that you were a part of. Okay, well, this one actually is an easy one um, because the show Sports Bloopers back in, I'm going to give you the correct date. I believe it was 1992. Um, we had just made the NBA finals and we had a couple of days off and I found the crew coming over to me in the locker room. Now, mind you, I'm a second year guy. Um, I was in the rotation, but that team was laden and full of veterans and it was shocking already that they came to me, but I figured I was just a young guy and they figured young equates with silly. Um, and then that's why they, they headed my way and they, basically just came up to me and asked me um, if I would be in on a practical joke and would my teammates be in on it too. And I immediately thought of Danny Ainge being um, the co-pilot in this little scheme, if you will, uh, my, his, my, his Robin to my Batman, if you will. But it was basically an, an even kind of thing. And um, the idea was we were going to sell uh, Jerome Kersey who was interested in horses just like in its nascent period. He was basically just starting out um, loving horses. The fact that he was um, from Virginia out in the country, Longwood College, um, he was a rider of horses and very interested. So now we figured we would use that as bait um, to get Jerome into this. And what we didn't tell him was the horse was going to be a one-eyed nag. And it had and it had a huge bow in its back. I mean, this horse was unrideable. You wouldn't even have it pull anything. Um, but Danny and I were going to be in on the joke, and there were hidden cameras. We did it in front of Memorial Coliseum because you need room, so we used the parking lot because here we are going to bring in this big equine mobile with a really horrific horse in it. Um, and we had the string jerome along until we got him basically close to irate and then we could kind of let the let the uh secret the, the cat out of the bag but we had to have some tape this time so it couldn't be quick we had to string it along for a little bit so there were some tense moments there you could find it somewhere if you look it up it's danny ainge and i selling a one-eyed horse to jerome kersey and basically ainge had the line of the whole blooper where Jerome couldn't fathom the one-eyed part of it. And Danny said, well, it'll be perfect because that way it'll concentrate on the rail. It won't be distracted by the other eye. <laughs> and he couldn't take it anymore. Jerome was absolutely livid. And then we told him that we already took part of his team check this week and forwarded $50,000. We had committed him basically to $50,000. We didn't actually transfer any funds. We couldn't get into it. We tried. Um, 
but we did commit him to $50,000, and you should have seen his face <laughs> when we told him that last part. Uh, he was grabbing me, and then that's when I had to, like, say, hey, listen, the joke's on you, partner. This is, you know, you've been a victim of uh, sports bloopers. The cameras are over there, there, there. They came out of the bushes. They came out of the trucks. But he had his hands on me, and Jerome, <laughs> Jerome was fearless. He would have swung. Um, the question afterwards was, why did he swing on Danny? Because Danny's the one with the crazy line about the one eye hugging the rail. But, um, yeah, that was probably the one. It was an easy answer, though, because I was in on it. Yeah, that was a pretty good prank. Wait, so you, so you actually had a horse trailer there, too? Like, he thought there was a horse oh, in there? Oh, the horse came out. Well, oh, so there was an actual horse. Absolutely. It was a one-eyed nag with a bow in its back. Yeah, and he saw it. And when he saw the one eye, he was so livid. Where, where did you, where did you, get, where did you with, get a one-eyed horse? Well, the, the crew that was doing it, once we figured out what we needed, they went out and did the rest. You know, I'm playing in the NBA Finals with Jerome. We don't have time for this stuff. They went, and God love them, they found everything. And all we had to do was show up at a certain time, me and Danny get our story straight. Jerome shows up about 15 minutes later to see the horse. <laughs> the horse, the, the, the whole thing comes pulling up. We're all anticipating something beautiful. There's a big, huge smile on Jerome's face. And then out comes this horrific looking beast. And... <laughs> Like I said, Danny had the... I mean, it was it was unrideable. You didn't even want to touch it. It looked like it would tip over, let alone get on the thing. Oh, poor horse. <laughs> it was... Yeah, it was... I don't know where the... God love them. They found a... And like I said, the, the, one, the one eye is helpful when you're hugging the rail. Was... Uh, and of course, the, the, the late great Jerome Kersey, was he, was he someone that you guys would pick on in the locker room anyway? No, gosh, no. I was no. going to say, he's pretty tough. That's, no, he and, and he was my guy because when I first got there, God rest his soul, he, he was one of the few bachelors. I was 22, mm. and like I told you earlier, no, that was a team full of vets. I mean, guys like Buck Williams and Wayne Cooper and Clyde Drexler and Terry Porter, those guys have been in the league 8, 10, 12, 13 years. So they all had families. So basically when we were in Portland – I didn't see those guys that much when we were in back home in town, but I would see Jerome because Jerome and I and Cliff Robertson, Robinson, um, we and, and Kevin Duckworth, uh, we would be out and about in Portland because we were the Freemen. Did this prank happen when the series was tied at two? No, no, no. This happened before the series oh, started. Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. We would never, we would, no, 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 no. We would, and I don't, and, and you got to remember, like, the Trailblazers were in on all this. They totally approved it and knew the timing of it. And no, no, we didn't do this. You know how it is, Noah. There's no doing things on your own. No, 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 I got to, I remember like guys faces being thrown into soup, you know, when you go down and you take a little bit of soup and then your face gets pushed in it and then the soup is like hot, 
hot lava. That's awesome. And I've seen guys like noses get burned. <laughs> you know what I mean? I've seen skin come off. Jeez. Things like that, where you you know you say, you say to yourself that might have been a little bit too far. Yeah, I mean, you played on a few teams. Was it ever known when you walked into a locker room? Okay, you don't mess with this guy. Who who was that guy? Oh gosh, uh, well Ainge, Ainge was oh. the guy. That's why I, I I couldn't believe they came to me and didn't go to him first because Danny was one of the oldest guys. He was thirty two and I played with him, but he acted like he was twelve. I mean, that's kind of the reason why I, I loved him as a teammate because he, despite how long he had played in the league and I was just a rookie, he had that bounce, that enthusiasm, that love for playing the game um, that you don't expect a lot in 32-year-olds who've won championships, who've had to bounce around now because they still want to play, but their roles are diminishing. Um, and Dan still had a bounce to his step and – Love and had a playfulness, a boyful, a boyish playfulness, and that's why, um, yeah, you worried about Danny all the time. <laughs> Danny had no problem like just embarrassing you in front of people either. Um, I remember we were playing the Pacers, and it was the last game of the preseason, and it was in Indianapolis. We're playing against Rick Smith, Reggie Miller, uh, you know. Uh, Antonio, I uh, can't remember his name Antonio now. Antonio Davis, the Dale big, Davis. Thank you, the Davis yeah. brothers, thank you. Um, and I had a really good game. I, I, made, I, don't, I, I scored something in the 20s, but what stood out was I had a coast-to-coast. -coast, this is how bad I was. No one was covering me, Noah. Um, I had a coast-to-coast -coast where I came down and just dunked it on Rick Smith. He was the only oh. one back there. Um, yeah, I felt pretty good about that, but here's the thing. So afterwards, again, Danny's locker was always next to mine, on the road, at home. We sat next to each other on the plane. It was my pleasure, my honor, believe me. I was fortunate to sit next to Danny A. Um, and <laughs> he comes out of the shower, and he sees, like, the gaggle of reporters talking to me because I had played well. <laughs> and all of a sudden, I hear Ains yell across the locker room, hey, Clive. Nothing's changed yet, right? The, uh, the, the official scorecards of the preseason, those points don't count, do they? <laughs> and Clyde's like, nope, not one of them counts tonight, no matter what you did. And I remember thinking to myself, like, yeah, it's going to take a lot to impress these guys. I'm going to have to do a lot more than this. <laughs> yeah, I, can't, I can't look up that box score on basketball reference. No, but I, but I hear now that the preseason points, like, they keep records of them. They don't count. But they keep records of it. Back then, they threw that stuff in the garbage and, and used it for fire. <laughs> Do you find, and last one, given how much fun you, you had in the locker room, and so many retired players always said that's what they missed the most. They missed just being around the guys. Absolutely. Being around. Oh, I miss the locker room and the plane, the bus. Yeah, yeah. Every, all of it, all Do, of it. Do you get the sense that the players now are having as much fun as you guys did? Um, I think they are, but I think what takes them um, – takes the fun out of it sometimes. I think it's social media and the ability to reach in and kind of uh, pry a little bit. Mm -hmm. In other words, I was allowed to do whatever that, you know, and I wasn't, I was, you've been around me. No, we're not, you know, I'm not a wild person, but I don't think I could have gotten, uh, I would have been in a lot more trouble if they had uh, smartphones and, and cameras on Yeah, them. when you're right, um, you're being filmed all the time, it's different. 
Absolutely. And I think that's the part, because I'm around these guys, um, you know, a lot, especially on the road during the season, and I see what they go through and what, what other people that aren't in their lives, how close they can get now, whether it's online, whether it's face-to-face, physical. Um, and I'm glad I don't play uh, in that regard. Just that one thing. I'm glad I don't have to deal with that. I have to deal with that in my work, but it's not anything uh, close to what the players have to deal with now. They're, the focus on them is so much more intense, and it's so much more instant. Mm-hmm. All right, Al, you're the best. Thanks, pal. Always good to talk to you, my man. Much love. So the shoot was for basketball's funniest pranks, and I went deep into YouTube, but I couldn't find it. Plenty of others, though. It was part of a series of VHS tapes hosted by my favorite player as a kid, Charles Barkley, and my now occasional radio co-host, Rick Mahorn. Harmless fun, no one got hurt, everybody wins, except that horse. If you liked that one, go back and listen to Jeff Nelson's episode, the former Yankees and Mariners baseball pitcher who told a bunch of funny bullpen stories. And as soon as this episode is over, go to iTunes if you have it. Click five-star rating, write a quick review, two sentences, 30 seconds. You have the time, I know you do. Stop lying if you say I'm too busy. Make sure you're subscribed there or through vocalnow.com and the app vokalnow.com. Thanks for taking the time to join us on The Follow-Up. The Follow-Up is a production of Vocal. For more information and more programming, please visit vocalnow.com. That's V-O-K-A-L-N-O-W dot com. <laughs>